To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. To the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. Can you hear me through this? Yeah. Alright. Cool. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to... The Chiss Ascendancy. Today. That was a good one. <sighs> Episode 42? I think so. I'm going to say yes. Yes. Episode I'm going to say yes. We're calling it. We're calling it prematurely or not. We're calling it episode 42. Hey, if you guys could find us as many uh, followers as there are ballots in Michigan, this oh thing will take God. off. What is a joke? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm just playing. Okay. Uh, today, episode 42 of the Chiss Ascendancy podcast, we are talking about the greatness of Disney Star Wars. And I think the reason I want to talk about this, uh, this was, I asked to talk about this. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to discuss it is I think that we hear so much of the negative mm. and not enough of the positive. And I think part of the reason for it is because, um, is because you hear negative about something and so the people who really love that thing, feel the need to defend that. And so a lot of times there's not a, just a genuine, 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 I said general and genuine at the same time. There's not a genuine, you know, emotion of, I really enjoyed this. A lot of it is attacking certain thing and then defending said thing. Without Disney, we never would have gotten genuine Hux. So, (laughs) (laughs) you son of a gun. (laughs) Or his mother. Okay, um, <clears throat> so I want to talk today about the greatness of Disney Star Wars because here's the daggum truth, everyone listening, watching online. We should be grateful for uh, this this much Star Wars coming out. Here's the thing. Yeah. We really thought that Star Wars was done in right. 2003, Revenge of the Sith. And here's the other thing you got to think about. Remember... Back in the day, we talked about the Force Unleashed Did weeks Revenge ago. Did Revenge of the Sith really come out just a year after Attack of the Clones? Oh, sorry. Probably 2005. I'm okay. sorry. I get three and five mixed up for whatever reason. 2002, Attack of the Clones, 2005, Revenge the of the Sith. The numbers three and five? No, just the years. For, for Revenge of the Sith specifically. Okay. Um, I was like, those are weird numbers to make no, up. No, no. I know it's... <laughs> what I'm saying is... One, two, five. Yeah. That's how, that's how my son counts. Dude... Cash, one, my two, my one year old, he goes, he goes one, two, three, six, ten, because he just knows we get excited at ten. That's funny. Yeah, he's freaking cute, dude. As we're watching the Mandalorian, everything that Baby Yoda dude, does, freaking, cash, I'm like, dude. that's my son. Get uh, out of there. Close your ears if you haven't watched the Mandalorian yet. Here's Episode your spoiler two. warning: three, two, one. You've been warned. Uh, he just keeps trying to eat that lizard lady's eggs. Which is she a lizard or is she a frog? 
He calls she her looks frog. Like, she looks like a salamander, but then she starts hopping around like a frog. She's got a frog tongue. I'm just going to go with frog. Yeah. Well, he, calls she, her, he calls her frog. Yeah, but he's being insulting, you know? Uh, if you're trying to be insulting, you don't call somebody what they are. You call them something that they'll feel insulted by. Yeah, you big frog. Yeah. And so uh, that's, a, that's a slur for French people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Frenchies. Uh, like that one's any better, but he keeps trying. <laughs> Sorry, so, you dumb French. <laughs> so he keeps trying to, uh, eat the, eat the eggs. And I told you, so I was like the part of me that's typically responsible for keeping kids from doing stuff they're not supposed to do is stressed to the max. Oh yeah. I'm constantly paranoid about baby Yoda getting into those eggs, like to the max stress. Well, yeah, because listen, it's, uh, it's November. So we just got out of Halloween season mm-hmm. and my kids are still screaming at me for candy because i can't give them all the candy that they get on halloween night that night yeah you know they'll freaking explode yeah so we have this little we have this amazon prime box that you know some random crap came in and it's full of candy and we keep it on top of the fridge (laughs) and the other day it was like six in the morning and i was like what does that sound i'm waking up i'm like you know wiping the freaking crap out of the corner of my eye and i go into the living room and wolf my oldest he's three years old has taken a kitchen chair pushed it over to the countertop, climbed on top of the chair, climbed on top of the countertop, and had his fingertips on the top of the fridge trying to pull himself up to do a pull-up to grab the candy out of the box. I was curious why that chair was in the kitchen and the rug that goes in front of the uh, refrigerator was all the way askew when I got to your house by yourself. But I I, I figured Macy was just doing something. No, he was trying to get to the candy. And then when, uh, when Macy was like, what are you doing? And went in there to get him. He was like, as soon as she came to the room, he goes, hey, he goes, no, <laughs> and he does this thing where he puts his hand behind his, his, uh, his back because he doesn't, that's like his, he doesn't want to get spanking, a guard against getting whooped. Yeah. That's and funny, what's dude. funny is we don't even pop him until, unless it's like a big deal. Yeah. Like, dude, even just time out, he like loses his, his crap. So I was, we, he just assumes the worst every time. Um, so <laughs> I want to talk about the, the greatness of Disney star Wars. Got a little so off anyway. track there, but yeah. Think about that. Uh, Baby Yoda wouldn't exist. You ever seen that movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Yep. Uh, I guess I'm talking to the listener. I know you've seen it. <laughs> hey, those of you who uh, can't respond. No, um, but it, in Me a, too. And it's in a wonderful life. There are things that it's George a, Bailey... The uh, Dorothy Explorer joke. Oh. Oh, yeah. So, what color is this? That's right. It's black. Dude, I remember... I used to always try and pull the blanket out from under door. I'd be like, red. I know it's yellow. Watch. Red. And she'd be like, that's right, it's yellow. I was like, idiot. That's not what I said. That's when we started to understand that Deep State existed. Dora was trying to just tell us what what she wanted to hear. I was just trying to emulate the Grinch when he would whisper after, you know, yelling. I'm an idiot. That's so funny. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. That's so funny. Um... But in the movie, it's a Christmas movie. It's a classic, so I'm sure it's coming up sometime on the Hallmark Channel or some other crap. It's probably already up there. Everybody it's... hates Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's true. Poor um, Thanksgiving. Yeah, poor Thanksgiving. The turkeys are like, what? Uh, <laughs> so Turkeys don't... are probably having a little, like, uh, daggum rave out there. Oh, yeah. Survival of the fittest. No more Thanksgiving. Don't do all. Don't do What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Uh, so... In that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey's going through the crapper and there's some crap sitting in the fan in his life and he's, I don't want to live anymore. I wish I was never born. I wish I was never born. What do you want? I'm born. You want to be a, 
We're gonna lasso it. And so George Bailey is, is says he never wish he'd never been born. And this angel that's entirely too heavy for his non-existent wings shows up. Clarence, Clarence, and uh, that's why if anybody watches shows and somebody re- randomly refers to an angel character as Clarence, they're talking about It's a Wonderful Life, i.e., Supernatural. Yeah. What was that one girl's name? That was was it Ruby? But it was after both Rubies were attractive and it was not attractive. Oh, it was Meg. The girl's name was Meg. And she was like, she kept saying Clarence. And she had like a, a little wisp, a little wisp, a little lisp. <laughs> a little wisp. So anyways, um, but yeah, it would always bug me because she would be like, Clarence. And it would have the little at the end. Anyways. Tell me what you want it. Tell, tell me what you want it. To <laughs> reference another Christmas special. Yeah. The Winnie the Pooh Christmas special. Uh, but... It's really crazy because you think about it and you think about George Bailey realized that um, there was so much to live for even in the midst of Mm. the hard times. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many times we're like, I wish Disney Star Wars had never been born. Um, And it's crazy because uh, just like uh, Miley Cyrus said before all the drug abuse, you get the best of both worlds. You... uh, I remember when Erica first got into Hannah Montana, I told mom, I was like, mark my word, she's going to go wrong someday. I was like nine years old. I know. But a prophet nonetheless. Yeah. Freaking called that one from 10 miles off. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it was crazy because of all the things that like we weren't allowed to like watch or whatever, and it was like, it's because it's going to be a bad influence on you. And then the one who got to have the posters in the room, <laughs> drug addict. <laughs> so, um, anyways, we... Uh, I think that sometimes we look at it and we're like, well, this could have been this Star Wars or this should have been this or whatever. Here's the thing. Even if you think that episodes 7, 8, 9 should have just been basically a remake of the Heir to the Empire series, mm-hmm. you know, just get the guys from the Game of Thrones that can read a book and make a show but can't make a show without the book and I get them to do Heir to the Empire as episode 7, 8, 9. Part of me, yes, I do want to see those things live action. I'm not going to shake a stick at live action uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn even though I do think that that's going to end up happening. Um, the thing is, we can still go and listen to those audiobooks, or still read those books, or still watch, look at the comics, or still there's still the freaking action figure out there that you can mess with. But now we also have books and comics and movies about a whole new story. Mm-hmm. And I think that people sometimes get caught up because they think, well, um, well, if I like Kylo Ren, then I'm not allowed to like you know Jason Solo, who's his Legends counterpart, or well. Mara Jade's real in my mind. I'm like, here's the thing, dude. You get to have both. It's not like yeah. one ceases to exist. This isn't like, you know, the butterfly effect where it's like, well, if I go back and I sit on this park bench on the left side of the bench instead of the right, well, then now Thrawn doesn't exist. It's You still get those characters. Mm. You can still listen to the audio book with our friend Mark Thompson. Shout out to Mark for uh, doing that intro. Uh, you still get to listen to a talent card on the audio books if you want to. Uh, and if you want to listen to something newer after the Disney purchase, you Telling can listen card, to that. AKA Nacho Calrissian. Nacho Calrissian. <laughs> I think Talon's sometimes kind of smoother than he is smoother Lando. than Lando because Lando thinks he's smooth. Talon is smooth. Talon is you know smooth. I mean? He wears a leather vest, and that's it. Yeah, pants and a leather vest. He lives on a planet that's a force vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have sex with his robots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All the and he has pet Vornskers. Yeah, that is. We've cool. talked about how much I like those animals. Yeah, that is. Cool. Um, so I kind of wanted to go down the list of the greatness of Disney Star Wars, 
just things that have come out since Disney purchased Star Wars. And we can even we can talk about things that we don't like about those things as well. I'm not trying to um, this isn't CNN versus Fox News where it's like only this is right. I know that there's give and take. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I would like to point out that we get a lot of good with some of the bad that's come out. Does yeah. that make sense? Well, and it's um, I think the Disney motto for Star Wars has kind of been like largely quantity over mm-hmm. quality. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I'm not saying that I hate Disney Star Wars. There have been a ton of things that they've made that I've been super excited about. Like right. Maybe, maybe even just like, even if we just got the books, I would be excited. You right. Know what I mean, like Master and Apprentice, Dooku Jedi Lost, um, all the Thrawn books, four coming up on five now. Um, those are all things I wouldn't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those have been some of my favorite things, you know, right. like Star Wars of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an interesting take because um, I think that I'm, I think that I am more of a fan of Disney Star Wars than you are. But I think that you're a realist in the fact that why would I not enjoy – It's we don't have to be on teams, I guess is my right. point. And I think right. that you're a good embodiment of that because I'm such a Star Wars fanboy that like, you know, they're like, here's a Jar Jar Black series. And I'm like, finally! And I like tear my, you know, suka, suka. You're freaking out. Um, <laughs> dude, it's funny. What if all the Tuscans are looking over there and they just have one guy that's like – Tuscan puberty, so they're like, and then one guy's like, <laughs> like they're looking at him like, you're making us look bad with the err. Um, but I think that you're you're a realist that you realize, you know what, I don't have to like Rose Tico mm-hmm. to enjoy The Mandalorian. No, I don't. And that's the thing is like, <laughs> I see these people out here on, especially on Instagram, obviously that's where I get most of my Star Wars social media content, and I feel like people, I, I don't understand what the, the what the point is. Uh, it's kind of like we had a meeting yesterday and someone that we work with did something silly and I was like, so what was, what was your hopeful outcome of this? Best case scenario. What were you hoping for? Exactly. And I think that oh, people are like, so I'm boycotting Disney Star Wars. No more Disney Star Wars. I'm not going to watch any of it. And I'm like, first of all, bro, they're making billions of dollars. They could give two craps if you watch or don't watch. Right. Secondly, like... Why are you going to rob yourself of the experience? You can watch a movie, and if you like it or don't like it, that's up to you. But why would you, if you don't like the sequels, for instance, why would you rob yourself of The Mandalorian? If you didn't like Rebels, which all came out under Disney, Mm -hmm. why would you rob yourself of Season 7 of The Clone Wars, which is very much in the vein of things that George created? Right. So I think that sometimes you throw the baby out with – not you, but people throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, and here's the thing – so even even or right, we'll just use we just watched uh, episode two season mm-hmm. two Mandalorian uh, the passenger and the, if I we finished it and I was like that feel a little bit like filler to you and just I was like yeah that felt a little bit like filler but I still enjoyed it you mm-hmm. know what I mean I can recognize it for what it is yeah you know what I mean it moves the plot along just a teensy weensy bit mm-hmm. um, but we get to see cool things like uh, for instance. Uh, what's her name? The chick who's the grandma from Raising Hope. I can't remember her name in this. In yeah, yeah, yeah. The she works at the spaceport. The one with the perm. Uh, she has an idiot's array. That's something that's only referenced in the books. That's a deep cut for the fans. Right. You know what I mean? It's referenced in some of the old Han Solo books. Where I knew it from was they talk about it in the first Bane book. Path of Destruction. Yeah. And so... Well, just like... Um, you get little... You get stuff You walk stuff into like the that, bar. You, know I mean? you don't get that anywhere else. Yeah, you walk into the bar um, looking for her... Um, man, I always forget her name. The spaceport lady, though. Yeah. Um, the lady that has the pit droids and stuff. And, uh, oh, man, what was it? There was there was a character that we saw right off the bat that I was like, oh, such and such. You just saw some very cool things um, that uh, she's playing 
freaking uh, Sabak with a dadgum praying mantis. He yeah. looked like um, what I always, if you've read the Ender's Game series, he looks like what I assumed a, a bugger always looked like. You know, right, like a right. Ant. Well, there's a there's a species from Star Wars um, called the Killix. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when you see it, you say Killix. Yeah, exactly. Just a big old, <laughs> it's a big old bug. Um, and which is what I was saying for like the whole I think that's, second look, half of the episode. I think episode that's who she's those... playing. Yeah, I mean, Sabak with. Yeah, I can see that. Which uh, Killix are really cool because, dude, my headphones are wilding out. There we go. Uh, the Killix are really cool because they play a big part in Legends, and I think that's one of the things that's beautiful about Disney Star Wars is, especially when Dave Filoni is involved or John Favreau. Yeah. By the way, cool um, cameo from Dave Filoni. I also like how they gave him one line, and the other guy <laughs> did all the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a runner. We got a runner. Um, he was also at the end of uh, Episode Six of. First season of Mandalorian when mm-hmm. they're running. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, uh, whenever I saw the trailer for Mandalorian and you mm-hmm. see the X-Wing that has the barbershop pole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, up until that point, that had pretty much been a Luke Skywalker thing. I and think so, maybe they're trying to but hey, who knows, loop maybe, it for like a Rogue Squadron thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe, I mean, Luke's not using, well, I guess he probably still has his X-Wing. Yeah, he, I think forever and always, like he flies that X-Wing. I mean, that's in Legends, but you also see him, that's the ship he took when he went uh, up Talk to the, toe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Also, the guy from the IT crowd being the voice of the bounty hunter droid. Yeah, Moss from the IT crowd. I forget that guy's name in real Excuse life. Excuse me, I would like for the Mandalorian to open up his friend face. I don't I don't know if you guys ever, you, you, uh, the IT crowd, it's kind of a, it's more of a niche show. It's British. Uh, it's sitcom. It's British humor and it's IT humor. So it's it's uh, very niche. But my dad loves it, and I like watching things that my dad thinks are really funny. Um, and so there's this one episode where the guy that's the voice of the the droid and mm-hmm. his coworker are finally getting in social graces with like everybody else in the office. Right. For it, like the whole show, they work at a big building. Their building's you know like a skyscraper basically, and they work in the basement. Like mm-hmm. nobody comes down there. And so, uh, Roy... Which, I always like that setup, because it's like... Right? You get to be left alone. My own space, leave yeah. me alone. And uh, Roy, the co-worker, he's like, hey, tell him that story about that time. And he's like, you sure? And he's like, yeah, tell him it's a great story. And so Moss thinks he's telling him to tell the story about how they thought they would solicit hookers, and then chickened out and just took him to, like, an amusement park. Uh-huh. And... He comes out. That's not the story he wants him to no, tell. No, he talks. He wanted him to tell about like sometime he lost his glasses or something like yeah. that. And so he comes out and instead silence. He's like, "Oh, wasn't that a what story did you tell him, Moss?" And Moss doesn't answer. He goes, "What story did you tell him?" <laughs> Dude, uh, remember the that story? show has some. That's that's. Remember really the time that that episode where they're like, advertising's a waste of money. Like it doesn't work. <laughs> and talking. he's like. I could go for a cuke right now. Dude, and he's got like a whole like... He's, yeah, he, it's a, a Facebook parody episode. Yeah. He's playing like this game where you take the... They call it cuke, but... Instead of coke. You know what it is. And he's dragging it and putting it in like the soda machine. He's like, look at all this advertisement. It'll never work. Yeah. And then like three seconds later, he's playing. He goes, I'm thirsty. God, I'm thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> and later in the episode, his teeth are all yelling. He's like... Cuke, it's happening again. Yeah, he's oh. got like a whole stash on his desk. Dude, that's so freaking funny. Uh, okay, so uh, the first major media that I can remember uh, getting from uh, from Disney was Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. and so uh, that was a very interesting um, 
very interesting first take. How did yeah. you feel when Rebels first came out? Um, I it took me a while to get on the Rebels train. What right. actually got me on board was because uh, I think at that point I was still getting acquainted with you know things that were extracurricular to the movies. I was just getting into the comics. I don't think I read Plagueis was the first book I read. Right. And I don't think I read it until I was uh, like nineteen or twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it took me a while to get on the Rebels train. What got me there was when they brought back Maul. And then mm-hmm. I was interested and I watched everything so that when we got to uh, twin, uh, Twilight of the Twilight, Apprentice. Twilight of the Apprentice. And then uh, what was the one where he catches up with Kenobi? Twin Sons. Twi- okay, I thought it was Twin Sons, but I thought maybe I was wrong. Um, but I wanted to get caught up so that when, because I knew that that was coming. Right. Uh, I would be ready for it. And um, I don't know. I have a, a love-hate relationship with Rebels. Mm-hmm. I think I haven't actually watched enough of the Resistance to have hard opinions on it. It looks a little, little too cartoony for me, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it's just taking me a long time to... I know that makes me sound like a fake fan, but whatever. Uh, it's, it's kind of... It is definitely geared towards kids, and it has right. that 2D anime style. Yeah, kind of like um, we put... I already put that Marvel show on that's on Disney Plus for to keep Wolf and Cash Distracted, so mm-hmm. there would be a meltdown before we got the pizza ready. And it was like, all right, this is obviously kid material. You right, know what I mean? right. Um... But Rebels, I kind of had a love-hate relationship because I loved some of the stuff they were doing, mm-hmm. right? Twilight of the Apprentice, you get to see Maul again. You get to see him kind of in a more, like, master capacity. He's mm-hmm. mastered himself, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just kind of sifting through the chaos of the galaxy. Um, and at the same time, you have the thing that is, like, my biggest bone to pick with Rebels is the fact that they won't kill anybody off. You mm-hmm. know, even if it's a minor character, they just introduced this episode. <clears throat> Um, it just makes it feel like too easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, like it's the one episode story arc versus like the three and four episode story arc, which I was attached to from Clone Wars. Right. Uh, well, also because Clone Wars, you have millions of people that you could kill. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're in the middle of a war. Um. Yeah, I agree. There were some times that I was like, I don't know. I wanted. I guess I wanted the Ghost Crew to f- experience loss because I was like, this is going to grow the show. This is going to grow the character. Mm-hmm. This is going to, you know, whatever. But there were still very cool things. Um, well, and I can appreciate a not wanting to kill off your main characters. But right. even like like Sabine's dad, right? Mm-hmm. We were just introduced to him at the beginning of that episode. Mm-hmm. She already thought he was dead or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? Uh, something like that. And then or her mom, one of the two. And then they're like, get blown up in a ship. And they're like, oh, sad. And then... 30 seconds later, you know, rising phoenix over the horizon yeah. is okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's that kind of, it's that kind of stuff. Right. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah, it makes it where if a, if a character talks about experiencing loss, but mm-hmm. you're not really, you're like, well, I wasn't there. But if a character experiences loss, like, on screen, right. you're like, oh, fuck. And then there's like, a That's the beginning change. of Braveheart. That's the beginning right. of Gladiator. That's, be- that's the entire Saving Private Ryan. Right. You know? So it's like some of these major films that have really captured our hearts, some of the greatest films of all time, uh, you know, something like Shawshank Redemption where it's like, this has been stolen from me and this has been stolen from me and now my freedom has been stolen from me and right. I'm going to try to break out. And I think that's what makes Clone Wars, it endears it to me so much is that element of societal realism mm-hmm. that, you know, it's Star Wars. So a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there's stuff that's just far-fetched. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's based Welcome around Welcome to the societal realism podcast. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. It's um, funny. But at the same time, then you get to see the underworld, and you get yeah. to see how the lives in the war in the Republic are impacted. You know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, yeah. to use a word that you're kind of a fan of, it's it's a microcosm of what's mm-hmm. going on in the galaxy. You get to see the small things. Right. 
Um, yeah, in Clone Wars, you have those moments where Ahsoka's talking to, uh, I can't remember the kid's name, but he's uh, he's a grown up around the Separatists. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, the Republic's not helping us at this and this and this. Yeah. And not that I ever wavered in my loyalty to the Republic. Right. But I was like, some people are feeling it on the other side. But you are getting to see the people that have been duped by Dooku. You know right. what I mean? Right. And granted, there are a lot of things the Republic could do better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Um. But it's just a, a glimpse into those things that it's a little bit more of the gray area um, in between the black and the white of the films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Rebels comes out, and the first season I was like, oh, man, I felt like it was a little too kiddy for my personal mm-hmm. taste. And part of that is we had to realize if you go back and watch the first season of Clone Wars, there's a lot of kiddy stuff in there. Right. And I think that what they've done is they've realized, okay, we're hitting the reset button. The fans that have grown up with Clone Wars, they'll stick around, hopefully, but we have an opportunity to make all new fans. Yeah. You know? Um, but I can remember being like 2012 or 13, and I was like, dang, I've never gotten to see an animated Stormtrooper before. Mm-hmm. Like, these are thoughts that I'm thinking. Right. Well, and um, I, I watched an interview, like an old interview, mm-hmm. of uh, Gene Wilder on Conan, mm-hmm. and uh, they were basically talking about Willy Wonka, and, and Conan was saying, you know, do kids still, you know, react when they see you because it was i guess a time when dvds had been around for a while so yeah, yeah yeah he's like so you know kids are getting reintroduced to the film and um gene wilder's like i get a new batch about every four years every four four and a half years because mm. you know the parents don't a new watch batch it is introduced until, to yeah, the show because they don't get to see it until they're four and a half five years old and mm-hmm. then he's like when they see me their eyes light up mm. you know and it's, cool. it's kind of like that you yeah, know, yeah 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 they're looking for that new batch. Yeah, and I think that the show definitely matured as time went on, and obviously seasons you know three and four are the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some episodes of of Rebels that I would take over Clone Wars. You know, maybe not the best of Clone Wars, but there are there are episodes of Rebels that I'm like, we're talking. This is some cream of the crop Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, anything involving the, Maul, mm-hmm. I would probably take over the D Squad arc. Oh, the droid squad? Yeah. Dude, Sunny Day in the Void, that was so sick. I know that that's George Lucas's favorite story arc, and yeah. I love you, George Lucas, but I hate that story arc. With the little frog Can't guy? Can't stand it, bro. Aw. That's like filler city, bro. Dude, I love the uh, I love the voice for that guy. The only thing that that falls secondary to in the fillerness is that one episode where C-3PO is trying to get... A bath? No, he's trying to get that uh, fruit for the topping. Yeah, for, for, for Padme's? Yeah. Whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was... also filler city. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny, though. But even, like, I loved, uh, in Clone Wars, there was the Blue Shadow Virus that was going to mm-hmm. attack Naboo. That was cool. You got to meet Peppy Bo, uh, Jar Jar's crush. So that was fun. Um, but, like, Rebels, you know, you have, you meet Kanan and Zeb. Like, think about that. They introduced a whole new species with Zeb, mm-hmm. that was a super cool, a super cool species. And it, I, it's just another one of those things that it was really cool until it wasn't. You know what I mean? It was like almost a Tigger thing where he was, you know, I'm the only one, mm-hmm. and then surprise, mm-hmm. you know, Rebel surprise, shy surprise. There's a whole planet of Zeb's left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, they but- have something that's cool, and then they just kind of crush it by. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I also disagree slightly on the fact that 
they have isolated themselves somehow through traveling through the force to get to this planet that only the Lasat know how to get to. Stuff like that is Simon like... Lasat. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, dude, it's such a cool concept of like, hey, you know, there's only a few of us left. Yeah. And the star, you know, the, the legends have always said we need to get to this place. And it's just, it's, there's, there are concepts. Here's, I guess, what I mean about Clone Wars versus Rebels. There are concepts in Rebels that kind of, man, they get real George Lucasy with the Force and, yeah, you know, like the world Loth between Wolf, worlds. That's and freaking cool. Stuff like that. Yeah, Loth Wolf, World Between Worlds, the secret, Which, like, let's how all to agree get to that the. That was definitely stolen from C.S. Lewis, the magician's nephew. Oh, I don't know. It was. Well, there's literally, there's, they get to a place where they, uh, they're just, it's like a, a big place of pools, and the pools can take you to different worlds. Oh, yeah, George, uh, Dave Filoni have said that. Yeah, that's... I thought you were talking about Loaf of Wolves. No, 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 no. Yeah, World Between Worlds, he says, was inspired by C.S. Lewis. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, but yeah, Rebels, and then here's the thing that Disney has been able to do, is they have made they have made some of my Star Wars slash young adult Star Wars dreams come true. And, you know, I, I was intimidated by the Heir to the Empire trilogy uh, when I first started reading Star Wars, because I was like, up until... At that point, I was right. like, this That's a is... hard place to start in yeah. a way. You know what I mean? Well, it was crazy because I had always heard this is the greatest Star Wars book ever. Right. I've always, I've always well, heard that growing up. it's only downhill from me here, right? And so, it's yeah. It's a scary place to start. So I I even bought the 20th anniversary. <laughs> Turning to ski on that double black diamond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I bought the 20th anniversary edition at Barnes Noble when it first came out. Like a freaking oh, sick silver cover. And I never read it. For forever. Because you were afraid to be disappointed by everything yeah, else. Yeah, I was like, crap. Well, not just that. I was afraid that there was so much hype that it wouldn't be good. Yeah. And so I ended up reading it when I was in college. And I was like, oh, my God. What have I been keeping myself from? You know? Uh, and he, just, a friend of mine, uh, his name is Caleb. I was telling he's uh, he drives his, his uh, drive to work is like an hour every day. And so he was like, hey, man, I've been enjoying the podcast. I also want to start listening to some Star Wars books. Um, I have an Audible account. And he was like, it's my wife's, but she hasn't used it in a long time. I have 10 credits. And oh, I was like, oh, oh my oh, God, oh. you're a billionaire. That's what you are. <laughs> and so uh, I told him, this is the... Do you ever get to the point where you've saved up like three or four credits and you you just splurge real quick? Um, I usually keep one in case there's a pre-order I really want to have. Right. Which, speaking of which, do you have one in your account right now? I should. Because it's a certain the, point of view comes out on I Tuesday. I would one yesterday. Yeah. Certain point of view comes out on Tuesday. So don't... Don't overdo it. You've been warned. Um, so he also pre-order for the next Thrawn book should be coming up pretty soon too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Caleb texted me and was like, bro, Thrawn is a freaking Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and I was like, it's sick, right? Yeah. Um, and so here's this character that I never thought we were going to see on screen. Never thought we were going to get even just a cartoon of him. And Rebels goes out and does, brings him in. And with as much as they could do for him without making him the hero of the series, they did really well. You know, like, okay, obviously I believe that Thrawn can outwit anybody and everybody on the Ghost crew. They did a really good job of he can only be beaten when things that are outside of his control come into effect. So when he has them trapped, yeah. you know, and then and the one it, the one I, Imperial guy's like, I'm not going to let my glory be stolen. Yeah. And he breaks the formation. And then, of course, the space whales. I think it's funny that um, Tim Zahn, who it, reiterated that like yeah. super hard in, three or four in, times in the most recent Thrawn book uh there's the the grand patriarch of yeah. uh, the family myth and 
he says, unless he encounters something that he's never seen or is completely out of his control, he'll never be beat. And yeah. Tim Zahn's like, it's not his fault, guys. It's not his fault. Yeah, I think Tim Zahn was just making sure everybody knew. Yeah. <laughs> unless he was, which that's how it was in Legends, if you right. think about it. When you have Rook, you know, it was so awfully done. Yeah. Um, you know, you have that character that it was... I think Tim Zahn's just of the feeling that he doesn't want Thrawn to get killed off unless he's the one to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can respect that to Max. Because you built this ingenious character and it's kind of a waste to have him go out like that if, in fact, he has gone out. Maybe we'll yeah. get... No, no, no. Like he's, a, he's around. A Boba Fett resurrection. He's around. For sure. For sure. Uh, All I just want to see him is looking over the horizon so he's got some uh, sand people blaster stuck to his back. A nice little crossbow. Or whatever the frick he had. I don't know. It looked like a blunderbuss. And then, you know, he turns around and it's Thrawn. It's not Boba Fett. It's Thrawn. That'd be crazy. Hey, I've heard crazy rumors. He pulls off a um, mask like Master of Disguise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've heard a rumor that one of the reasons Boba knew where they were is because he was disguised as a Tuscan the whole time. That's why he has their weapons. Hmm? Give me a moment. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah. What if he's one of the ones that's like... Not talking, but just signing. What if he can't speak Tuscan, but he can sign? Because in the episode five of season you know, one of would, Mandalorian, you would think that he only the, the Tuscans yeah, he talks only signs at first, right? No, they never talk. Hmm. But you would think Boba probably has uh, an inkling of he, speech. Uh, yeah, just yeah. because he, if anyone spent a lot of time on Tatooine, it's freaking Boba Fett. Well, he's been there for mean? five years. Yeah, if he never left. Well, and before that, he. You know, worked for other people, but almost exclusively for Jabba. That's where the buddy is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't want to harp on Rebels too much, because yeah. we've got other things, but Thrawn, Darth Maul coming back. And I getting do owe Rebels a, a amazing closure for reintroducing Thrawn. Getting amazing closure for Darth Maul. Yeah. Let us see the most Zen Obi-Wan Kenobi that we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it, giving Aside from a certain point of view for A New Hope, mm -hmm. I think this is the coolest glimpse that we've gotten into the psyche of Ben Kenobi. Well, also... it Because so much of the Ben Kenobi we get, one, he was created before Obi-Wan was developed and really thoroughly right, thought right. out. But he's also like facade Kenobi. You yeah. know what I mean? Everything well, it also doing, sheds a lot of light on the fight from A New Hope. Right. You know? Well, and I always... It always seemed to me, even when I was younger, that Ben threw that fight for sure. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It... He wasn't bested, like I think maybe he could have been, mm -hmm. but it's very much like how I think, um, I think Sheev threw the fight with Mace Windu. Oh, you know yeah, what I, mean? I agree 100%. Um, that it was in the service of a greater purpose. Right. So, he, yeah. Thrawn, Maul, uh, Loth Wolves, the Bindu. Yeah, what, dude. That was freaking wild. Um, I still want a Bindu book, bro. I gotta. Yeah, I wanna know what the crap's going on with Bindu. I got so Bindu. many questions. Um, I want a Loth Wolf book. That would be sick. Yeah. Even they if it was just like a little comic series, I'd be down for that. Yep. Um, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, what other characters were brought? I mean, obviously the Ghost Crew is all original characters. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Hera got brought into uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Hera's been in Rogue in, One. And she's been in... Um, she was also in Star Wars Squadrons, mm -hmm. I believe. Uh, so stuff like that. Ahsoka's cl uh, coming back and... You know, not closure because we we believe that she's still out there somewhere, and I I assume we're going to see her in the season of Mandalorian mm -hmm. if all hints are true. Yeah, I think but I saw somewhere that it had been confirmed, but I I didn't follow that trail very closely. Right, right. So just a ton of stuff, and then you fast forward to 2015, and the Force Awakens comes out, and uh, a whole new slew of books and reading material come out, and you also have 
um, you know, the, the most pandemonium in not in our lifetime because episode one pandemonium was crazy, but we were also mm-hmm. super, super young. So yeah. Uh, the greatest amount of Star Wars pandemonium that we've been... It, for me, it was definitely uh, Revenge of the Sith. More than Force Awakens? Uh, well, I guess I was thinking pre-Disney. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? For you, memorable before Disney yeah. was Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I mean, I just had the memory come up on my Facebook, you know, like a week or two ago of when we spent... Uh, I was in my dorm room for hours mm-hmm. trying to get tickets to the... Uh, the marathon when mm-hmm. the Force, mm-hmm. Force Awakens came out. Yeah, I was sitting on the living room floor. I think you would have been in your apartment. Um, either at my apartment or I was... I think I was in my apartment, living in my apartment, but I went over to mom's to say hi, and then I realized that the trailer was about to drop. Mm-hmm. And so I have my laptop from work, and I borrowed my mom's laptop, and then I was on the speakerphone with you, and I was like frantically cat typing, and I was Dude. like, we got them! We I got remember, the tickets! I remember I just went to check just to see... And through some, you're the one that found them. Fader Fortune um, available. They were like it was like two minutes su- before they were supposed, they were supposed to, launch. to drop. You know, after the halftime, mm-hmm. there was a you know the the trailer for it, and uh, I was like, hey, they're up early. Let's snag them. We snagged them. Yeah. Uh, so Force Awakens was crazy. Who is Kylo Ren? Right. Who is Rey? Finn's a Jedi. Yeah. Everybody, and I. That's one of my biggest things. One of my biggest suspicions about anything Disney drops before something comes out is I will always and forever remember being duped into thinking that Finn was the Force sensitive one. You yeah. Know what I mean, and yeah. it turns out he was a little bit. But in the trailer, you see him holding the lightsaber. You never see Rey interacting with the lightsaber. You never see Rey doing anything Forcey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody thinks it's this Finn guy. Mm-hmm. And so I don't trust anything ever again. Yeah, well, that's that's very, very J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. thing to do. Um, but, dude, I remember hearing, uh, when you hear the trailer, it's like, there has been an awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard people being like, oh, that must be Kylo Ren, which I've heard rumors are, that's Luke Skywalker, and he goes dark. So they were like, they there were rumors out there right. that Luke goes dark, to, puts on the mask. Because it was total blank the canvas, one, you know Yeah, what I mean? he's the one talking in the trailer, which... Luke is light side, not even in the movie. Kylo Ren is Han's kid, and the voice is Snoke, who we didn't even know existed at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I just remember when those. I remember um, when when the toys dropped, going go to like four or five different WalMarts and a Toys R Us, R.I.P. Uh, and I was like, "Who has a Captain Phasma? I can't find a Captain Phasma." I was calling. It was like midnight, and I was like, "Do you have a Captain Phasma?" And they were like, "I don't know what that is." And I was like, "It's a." Stormtrooper, it's silver. And they're like, uh, yeah. And apparently, like, Toys R Us had gotten, like, a double shipment. And so I walked in, and they had, like, eight Phasmas. So I, I gratefully had one. Um, but just stuff like that. I mean, one of the... I've said this before, but one of the most exciting times of a Star Wars is the speculation beforehand. Um, so, man, Force Awakens was just so much speculation and so much fun. And I was just... just There was so much going on. Yeah. I remember when they were like, you know... Are you hauling Wrath Tars? And I was like, oh my god. I don't even know what a Wrath Tar is at this point. I was just so excited. I was like, yeah. Han, you know better than Wrath Tars. And then I just see these giant football octopuses. And I was like, what the frick is this? And then it rolls forward. And I was yeah. like, what's going on? Um, that was so crazy. And then you had a Kanja Club who every line said different subtitles, but they kept saying the same words over and over again. And they just said that like 12 times, but the subtitle would be different. It'd be like, and it'd we're like, going to criticize that, but we're not even going to talk about Wookiee. Huh? I said, we're going to criticize that, but we're not even going to talk about like Wookiee language. 
It's literally the same sound on repeat. Oh, yeah, but come on. It's it's different because it's a human vocalization. I mean, I get it. Um, and then there's one time in The Force Awakens where they're running and someone just looks at them and goes, <laughs> and It just sounds like that. There was such a Star Wars thing. Um, I remember the rumors whenever, even after the movie came out, because you never see Snoke in the flesh. Mm-hmm. In The Force Awakens, you just see the hologram. And I remember seeing fan art and it was like, how are they going to defeat this guy? He's 60 <laughs> feet tall. <laughs> And I was like, you I know, remember seeing that kind of crap for the first time. I was like, come on, guys. I remember thinking, oh, what if he's four feet tall? Right. And he's like, look how big I am. I'm huge. Gum, like the emerald wizard. Yeah. Uh, so just stuff Turns like, out he's the guy from D-Squad. <laughs> <laughs> he's standing <laughs> a little frog projecting from inside r All right, everybody. Listen up. This is supremely the Snoke. I'm a, I'm a big deal because I'm just big in general. Uh-huh. Not short, not me. I don't even know how to spell short. Yeah. <laughs> then he goes to bed and he just pulls up his comforter, which is a Doritos bag. <laughs> He's like, keeps the warmth there. It's a little like a little tube sock. It's got like the hole stitched up. <laughs> it's an old sardine can and as he lays down, he just dials it back over like himself. Like freaking... Uh, Jiminy Cricket? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's funny. Do a little whistle. That's him. Dun, 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 Lives dun, in a matchbox. Um, General Hux was very cool. Yeah. And then you got the... Right as... Dude, and then when The Force Awakens came out, it was like, get ready, December! You know, 15th or whatever. Yeah. And then as you're walking, you know, let's say the mall closest to us, there's a Barnes & Noble that pretty much everyone parks in. The rest of the parking lot is just a wasteland and there's just 600,000 cars parked at Barnes & Noble. And you're walking in and as you're walking to the theater, um, we saw the premiere at a different theater, but I remember going back and seeing it at Deerbrook and as we're walking in, the day the day that the movie came out, there was like the novelization was, was posted, the... Um, the cross-section book or the visual dictionary or there's a book called Aftermath. Um, and as World War Three, the Aftermath. Yeah, exactly. And as I'm reading that, that's where Cobb Vanth is introduced. Yeah. Right? Talk about long game. Like, I know right. that probably Favreau and Filoni were like, hey, here's a good something to do. Yeah. But just having that character, um, there were characters introduced called the Acolytes of the Beyond and they find Darth Vader's lightsaber and it's just a little three-page little, little three page excerpt that's just in the middle of the story. Yeah. has nothing to do with the main storyline. Uh, stuff like that just blew my mind. How cool would it have been if they would have used that for Kylo when he goes to Mustafar and finds that... The Acolytes? Yeah. If they would have been there? If he would have had the lightsaber. Mm. That would have been sick. Well, I've always had my suspicions that the Acolytes of the Beyond have something to do with the Knights of Ren. But that's neither here nor there. Um, then you move forward a year and you get Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And even the uh, the hardcore foil hat original trilogy lovers that don't believe anything else is Star Wars, including the three movies that George Lucas directed in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. are like, now this is Star Wars. Rogue One is real Star Wars. Nothing else counts. Four, five, six, and Rogue One. Um, but it's just funny because that's, that's Disney. Yeah. Disney did that, buddy. Uh, you get Tarkin back from the dead. Um, I'm not going to make a joke about that, but, uh, you get Tarkin back and I remember seeing his reflection and being like, oh, that's neat. A reflection of Grandma Tarkin. That's cool. I like him. And then he turns around and I was like, there he is. There's the rest of him. Yeah, exactly. Um, dude, that was just such a mind blowing experience to see him again. Uh, 
and then, and then to have Leia at the end. To have Leia at the end. To have everybody the wants to criticize the CGI, but I feel like oh, I get so upset when people criticize CGI. Like I saw somebody criticizing the CGI in The Hobbit, and I was like, it was all fantastic. Right there, I don't get that either. It's their thought, I guess, is they would rather be real paint. Freaking neck beards out here criticizing stuff they could never match. Yeah, neck beards. I the CGI. <laughs> For Tarkin and Leia was phenomenal. Oh, dude, for real. It was exceptional. No, it was so good that people that were not as hardcore fans and didn't know who Peter Cushing were, were like, wow, that guy looks fantastic. <laughs> you know, not doing the math in their head. There's been 40 years and he's he looked 60. He has a bit. Yeah. Is this Sheev Palpatine? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, actually, that's, you know, CGI. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Which, also, let's talk about real quick while we're talking about CGI Leia. CGI Leia in uh, The Last Jedi was fantastic The Last Jedi yeah there was that part where Luke and Leia are fighting it was Rise of Skywalker Star. yeah what did I say Last Jedi okay Rise of Skywalker yeah well Luke and Leia both were CGI right. faces they look great um which is cool. The guy that plays Aplek, the Knight of Ren that has the Mandalorian mm-hmm. battle axe yeah he did the, the mocap he's the mocap for Luke uh Luca uh Lezong or Zaylong one of the two I can't remember uh, but Luke is his first name. Mm-hmm. And then you had um, the girl who is Carrie Fisher's daughter played her, which she did an amazing job for mm-hmm. not being like a stunt double type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rogue One was fantastic. You get Admiral Raddus. I want to see Admiral Raddus and Admiral Akmar arm wrestle mm-hmm. or Finn wrestle, whatever it is. Dude, you can tell that, that Akbar's like, it's a trap. And Braddus is like, well, show him. Like, he's, he doesn't give a crap. It's a trap. And we're going head first. Uh, Radis was really cool. I want to know what happened to him. He must have been captured and filleted. Filleted fish. He must have had a useless death. Dang. Dang, that's pretty hardcore. Akbar deserved to go out better than that. Yeah, Akbar deserves better, that's for sure. Akbar and Thrawn. Everything comes back to the Thrawn good thing. We at least have hope for Thrawn being being back. Um, but you had Rogue One was fantastic. You had the Rogue One, um, the the Shore Trooper. You had like a billion new troopers come out. You mm-hmm. had Death Troopers, and of course, me being a hardcore books guy, I was like, are these reanimated people? Are they zombies? Is that the joke? Uh, you had Death Troopers, and when you read the Visual Dictionary, it's like. They have been altered, and they won't tell you, like, how. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And, uh, They're a minimum six foot, five inches tall, every single one of them. Treason, when they give that little the side little bar tiny about the Death snippet. Troopers, I was like, Pick yeah. and Waffle, you madmen, what are you up to? Yeah, yeah. Some freaking Dr. Evazan things. Yeah. Speaking of Dr. Evazan and Ponda Baba, uh, or Walrus Face, uh, they were in Rogue One. Dope cameo mm-hmm. when they bump into Cassian and them, and Pondabob was like, and he's like, "What are you going with this freaking destroyed nose?" I wanted men. Yeah, I never understood why that would be a brag. I would be like, "Shut your mouth." <laughs> you know what I mean? Pondabob's. He like, would be like, "I'm not a wanted man on six systems." Yeah, you know Pondabob's I mean? like, "Shut out!" <laughs> this freaking butt he mouth. He speaks basic just to tell him to stop talking <laughs> about the descendants. Mm-hmm. Uh, is ugly. That was a cool moment. The freaking the new Walker, the ATACT that has the orange side and it's for transporting things. Kyber Can we crystals. Talk about that freaking super ATAT that we see on uh, crate. Oh, dude, yeah, the freaking the gorilla Walker. Oh my god, that was super dope. Yeah, um, I was like, why even bring the ATATs at this point? Right. Um, 
in Rogue One, you have uh, all kinds of cool parts of Saw Gerrera, the first character to be cartoon first and made live action. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge nod and honor to to George Lucas's work on Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you had George Lucas come out and talk to Gareth Edwards during some of their shooting and, and said he, he loved the way it looked and stuff like that. Uh, just some really cool stuff in Rogue One. Krennic, who's just a total b-hole. Uh, yeah, Krennic is kind of the worst. But he's he's so fun to root against. It's so funny because like even in even in Rise of Skywalker, I was like, man, I kind of want the Emperor to win this time. Yeah. But with Krennic, he was like, are we blind? I was like, this guy, he just can't get anything right. He just looks like a fool at all times. Uh, that's what happens when you cheat on your test all the way to the ro- to the top, and then you can't pass the bar. <laughs> Galen Urso's like, I'm not taking the bar for you. Um, but yeah, Krennic light on his resume all the way to the top. Oh, for sure. Rogue One was fantastic. And then Last Jedi came out. And listen, I know that Last Jedi gets a lot of hate and a lot of you know poo-poo from a lot of people. But there are a lot of good things in The Last Jedi. I will... I was a big fan of The Last Jedi when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. When you're watching it, it's very immersive. Yep. You know, and then I... Obviously, I stepped away and I started thinking about it, and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I was left wanting a little bit. And mm-hmm. There are things I regret, like things that I regret, and uh, you know, I just. But there were still, for all of that, there were things that I loved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all of those things were and continued to be Kylo Ren. Dude, Kylo Ren's character development in in uh, the Last Jedi was fantastic. Yeah. Kylo's acting. The fight scene in the throne room, mm-hmm. and dude, here's the thing: I don't, I don't understand how Star Wars fans, unless they just are trying not to like Disney stuff, I don't understand how fans will download a scene to their computer or whatever and take it into like iMovie and be like, "Yeah, I'm going by a tenth of a, fr- a second, uh, you know, frame by frame," because uh, some of this fighting doesn't add up to me. And I'm like, "What do you, what do you want?" What do you want? You know, nobody fights like this in real life. You yeah. understand? If we went back and we watched fighting in the medieval times, it would suck. It would just be like slaughter. It wouldn't be. There's nobody. Nobody's like ching ching ching. It would be like, oh, wrong call. He's going for the waist. I'm cutting half. Like it would just be. It, there's there's no perfect fighting. And so I don't understand the concept of someone going to YouTube and just. Yeah, as a martial arts expert, uh, the angle with which that Kylo's bending over to uh, let Ray bounce off of his back, that would never work. And I'm like, uh, yeah, so last time I checked, uh, you had zero in your midi-chlorine account. Uh, Dude, you have nothing to say here. I was watching Ringo with some of the guys the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, Chico was like, how come the Roadrunners can't talk? And I was like, you've got an owl wearing a sombrero playing a guitar and singing, and you're going to question continuity? <laughs> Like, these are the things you're going to be upset about? Like, all the things to wonder about? Why can't the Roadrunners talk? Dude, that's really funny. That's really funny. That's like watching Fantastic Mr. Fox and being like, you know, I don't think a tie, I don't think a tail would make a good tie. You know? Why don't the Beagles talk? Right. So How come Eeyore's uh, tail is held on with a nail? That wouldn't work. (laughs) Also, Christopher Robin had a terrible dad. Like, that's your first thing is, yeah, you know, your tail, your stuffed animal fell off. Let me finish my beer and I'll nail it back on there. <laughs> Jeez, dude. He's hoping his kid chokes on a nail. Oh. <laughs> that's why you never hear Christopher Robin's dad in the cartoons. 
you know, I, I, this the nail is just the staple of the, you know the early nineteenth century. <laughs> but it's a freaking screw. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Um, but you know, the last Jedi was really really great for for a few different reasons. One, we did get a lot of Luke Skywalker, and I know that I don't care for um, the way that they took him. He's so defeated all the time and stuff, but. Whether you like that or not, at the very end, you see him carrying himself like Master Luke. Mm-hmm. And he walks out there, and he's still the baddest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he's still just toying with Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be the most powerful person alive at the time. Well, yeah. Um, kind of. But in his mind, yeah. that's what he thinks. You know, We don't know about Palpatine. He's just defeated Snoke, who was supposed to be OP. And so it's like, okay, he's the supreme leader now, you know, and they've got, they've got uh, the resistance in a corner, you know, they got him trapped in this little cave Mm -hmm. and Luke walks out and is like, you have no idea what the freak you're doing. Like, he's just, he's just such a baller. Um, Ray grows a lot. You get. Um, you get Force Yoda. Force cool. Yoda was cool. Uh, you get Yoda interfering Pulling with the, that thing out of the sky. Yeah, you get him I, interfering like uh, with the physical plane from the spiritual side of things, mm-hmm. which is just shows his bond with the Force. I like how he's translucent, but not as translucent to show that either his development in the cosmic force is stronger, or because Octo is so strong with the Force, mm-hmm. or a combination of the two. Things like that are just amazing. Um, I loved giant head uh, Snoke when he's mad at Hux, and he eats him. He's like, General Hux. And then he, when he slams him on the ground and slides him through, he goes through Snoke's mouth. <laughs> what if it was like, ba-doop, 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 like Pac-Man? Um, so that was really cool. Just a lot of really cool stuff in The Last Jedi. Um, I do like those those horses that they ride on Canto Bite. Those are really cool looking. Yeah. Um, and just a lot of things, force projection, stuff like that. Yeah, that was a cool concept. Um, you get Luke Skywalker saying the name Darth Sidious. Uh, that's overlooked. That's pretty fantastic. And um, and I will say, I think that there was a lot of backlash. I think that not knowing what happened with Snoke's back background and the way they portrayed Luke and things like that were a little frustrating. Um, and because that was frustrating, we overlooked one of the greatest Star Wars movies of all time that came out very soon after that, the Solo movie. Mm. And I remember when we left Solo, we were like, is that the best one? Like, we really liked it. And I, I remember thinking out of out of Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi, and Solo, I remember riding home from the theater thinking, I think I like Solo the best out of those four. I still remember being high on Darth Maul. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. Yeah. Because there were so many people in the theater who hadn't watched Clone Wars. Clone Wars or Rebels. To really understand. That guy looks a lot like Darth Maul. Right. I was pissed off at the people who were talking about Ray Park looking fat. And I was like, okay, first of all, you idiots. One, it's been 20 years since The Phantom Menace. So first of all, give my boy a break. Secondly, if you watch his Instagram, he's like, all right, guys, Sith life. I'm going to beat up this, you know, those freaking boxing dummies. Ray Park is, he is lousy with muscle. Oh, dude. (laughs) The dude is shredded. He's huge. Yeah. And, uh. He, I think what happened was he's gotten bulkier, yeah. so it looks like it's fat, but it is all muscle, my friend. Mm-hmm. Dude, he, he'll be like at a convention, and he'll be like almost doing the splits like this, and he's like, Sith life. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this guy's, he's just still going. Yep. Um, but dude, freaking uh, the White Worm Gang and Moloch can't touch the sun. And, That's pretty cool. Tss, and Lady Proxima, it was just like, 
this giant white disgusting snake coming out of the water and her voice was so funny so like it just it was such a star wars movie um so much cool stuff what were your favorite things from solo mall that's all i care about (laughs) that's all you cared about what about the train heist the train heist I was irritated at the way the train heist ended. I liked uh, Rio's character. I liked oh, Rio the, was so I liked cool. The introduction of uh, Chewie and Han to see mm-hmm. like a little bit of their backstory, how they met. Uh, see Han be able to speak a little bit of Wookie. Yeah, I um, liked it whenever Han was taking a shower, and Chewie walks in, and Han goes, "We couldn't have done this like you know one at a time." <laughs> that was such a Han Solo run. I thought I thought that Alan or Alden Ehrenreich. Mm-hmm. did a completely fantastic and extremely underrated job as Han Solo. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's hard to... Yeah, you can't transport Harrison Ford back yeah. in time. I mean, it's, it's hard to take such an iconic character that, one, yeah. wasn't just a cool character, it was done really well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Han Solo, Harrison Ford is Han Solo. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, it just couldn't have been done any other way. Yeah. Um, and there's that other guy that does a, really great impressions yeah. that everybody wanted to do it. That guy um, looks like Robin Williams? Yeah, Jamie Costa. Yeah. And... Uh, he would be a fantastic um, like audiobook reader for Han Solo. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, not that you can tell he's trying to act, but I think that he his impression is so good. It's almost cartoonish. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, this guy's trying to do Han Solo. Does that make sense? Yeah. Alden put his own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Does it make, like, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Um, Childish Gambino did a great job as Lando. Yeah. I have my complaints about L337, but we yeah. won't get into that. Um, Dude, I thought it was all cool. the droids that you see uh, on Kessel. Yeah, I thought the Kessel run, seeing it, that was cool. Yeah. Seeing how that, you know, because everybody wondered about the Kessel run since, mm-hmm. you know, the 70s. Um, I mean, there were a lot of cool things about Solo. They did a great job because I think that George Lucas thought Parsecs was time and not space. Yeah, space time is different than uh What I'm saying is... When there was like, yeah, I did it in 12 parsecs. Yeah. I think that maybe, jo- I don't know for sure, but I think maybe George thought it was a, a distance of time. He could make the trip in less time. Right. The thing about space-time is that space-time is measured at distance. What do you mean? So, it's different because hyperspace travel is different than what we would conceive as light-speed travel. Mm-hmm. But um, when you talk about talk traveling at relativistic speeds, like the speed of light, you measure things in distance, not in time. Mm. So it's like light years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. But a light year is a measure of distance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that... So I think it, it can people, kind of be danced around, but yeah, I right. think George Lucas did think it was well, a, yeah, a, I, a time, not a distance. I, yeah, I was at the Daytona 500 and my lap time was this. Well, it's kind of like um, being from Texas. You know what I mean? You would say, hey, that's an, an hour away. You wouldn't say that's... Miles away. Yeah, 70 miles or Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, I thought they did a really good job of obviously less space is less time. Mm. So however you want to put it, they did it quicker because they went the shorter route through the Maelstrom. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, and then uh, to see the, the Infus Nest and the Cloud Riders was really cool. I remember just thinking it was so cool whenever they were talking about complain, uh, Val's complaining about picking up Solo and Chewie, and they're like, why don't we get the Zancisters or Bosk? Mm-hmm. I remember looking at you and being like, Bosk? Yeah. Um, Bosk was supposed to be a member of the Cloud Riders at the time, and so that stunk that we didn't get to see mm. him live action. 
But who knows, man? I'm freaking just holding out at this point yeah. um, for to see him. And then finally, after Solo, um, there's there's a bigger gap between that and the Rise of Skywalker. And while we're, while we're waiting for Rise of Skywalker to come out, we get a little series you might have heard of called The Mandalorian. And um, The Mandalorian has been, I think, a treasure trove. For all of my love for the movies and the books, I think The Mandalorian's been my favorite thing to come out under, under the Disney. Disney. Yeah. I think I can see that. I think that's because you have such massive Star Wars fans at the helm. Yeah, you know, Dave Filoni Dave and John Favreau. John Favreau are Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, not only that, but they're great thinkers and filmmakers. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have the best, you know, of both worlds. To go back to the Hannah Montana thing, but you really do. You have visionaries like Taika Waititi that can put something together really mm-hmm. well, but mm-hmm. you still have people on set that are keeping the lore and the storyline and right, and little right. nuggets and uh, Easter eggs, all of that staying consistent. Well, you have someone that is, uh, you have or, Dave uh, Filoni. Deborah Chow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her first name's Deborah, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you have... Fantastic director. You have uh, Filoni, who is the Joshua to George Lucas's Moses. So mm-hmm. if someone's like, oh, then we could do this, Dave can say, you know, he's obviously very, I, I've, the way that I've seen him and the way I've watched him, he's very kind, but he'll mm-hmm. say... No, I think that this would happen. Mm-hmm. And he explains why that's important. Yeah. And you can tell that they respect his knowledge, not only for his personal knowledge, but his experience with George. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure when they're making the Clone Wars, George would not just say, no, they wouldn't do that. He would say, well, think about this. And right. he, exp- he walks you well, through. Well, because he's so far into the head of the characters. You know yeah, yeah I mean? exactly. Exactly. And so Mandalorian has been fantastic. Um, they keep making the magic with Baby Yoda, dude. Yeah. I know that the merchandising can be tiring and... Um, you know, I don't want them to overdo the this is the way thing. Like every time there's an ad, it's like, buy this product now. This is the way. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to overdo that. Um, but then when I'm in the universe and I'm plugged in and it's mm-hmm. Friday morning and I'm watching a new episode, anything Baby Yoda does, I'm like, oh, look at that freaking guy. He's so cute. Look mm-hmm. at him eat those eggs. Look at him. Yeah. You know, a when he's scamp. whenever he's uh, he gets scared in this most recent episode. I don't want to go into detail about what happens, but he gets a little spooked. He runs and he's like, also oh, freaking cute. Yeah. Dude, it's so funny. He just he reminds me so much of Cash. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main Lord was amazing, and then the rise of Skywalker happened. Mm-hmm. And man, love it or hate it, it was amazing. It was visually pleasing. It was some very. I'm, I know that there's things that that there's there's plot holes in every movie, and I do feel like maybe JJ felt like he was trying to do a, a ton of fan service and a lot of cleanup and cleanup of things that you know maybe people didn't like about the right uh, the the Last Jedi. Um, and I feel like this is another one of those moments where people who liked The Last Jedi feel like they have to hate on The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like they can like both. And I'm like... Yeah, I'm just that little girl in the uh, taco commercials. Yeah. Los dos. Yeah. Why not both? And, uh, you know, I do like, I do love The Last Jedi, you know. And I get mad whenever, as obviously I'm a hardcore Star Wars fan, I hate it when a... Uh, uh, Service level fan is like, yeah, Rise of Skywalker sucked, or The Last Jedi sucked. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, eh, maybe there's things you don't like, but maybe you also don't know anything about Star Wars. Yeah. You know, like there's a, there's a lot to love about The Last Jedi. If yeah. you just if you just download it to your computer and you put it in your, you know, garage band or whatever, you just clip in, you know, the 30 minutes of Kylo Ren on screen, uh, that's a great 30 minutes. Yeah. You know? Um, seeing him interact with Leia from afar and seeing, you know, mm-hmm. there is still good in him and he thinks about it and then at the end of the day he's like, nah, I'm still number one. I'm still going to serve myself. Yeah. Still such a good parallel to oh, the dude. life of Darth Vader. For sure. 
For sure. And a parallel and also the antonym of the path. Yeah. Pull to the light. What you would call that like he has is to... uh, contrapositive. That's what you call that in a mathematical sense. It's the same via the opposite connection. Yeah, so strange, but beautifully written. Um, And then after Rise of Skywalker, you know, not to just brush past that, but I know we're, I don't want to go forever on Mm -hmm. time. Uh, But man, I just think about uh, Kylo's vision of Han had me weeping like I was at a funeral. Yeah. Uh, You have Luke Skywalker who shows Rey the power of the Force, and he, you get the, the Dagobah soundtrack to Luke lifting the X-Wing out of the, the water. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. That was freaking sick. Yoda's theme. You do get the great, great line of the weapon of a Jedi deserves more respect. That was freaking cool, dude. I love that. Um, and then Clone Wars Season 7. We were never going to get another Clone Wars season if Disney doesn't have Star Wars. I think, I think George was so tired, and I do feel bad for him, and I wish that... I wish for George's sake and his relationship to Star Wars that he would not have sold it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. My my heart hurts for what he went through, feeling like he had nothing left to give. At the same time, I do love that we're getting Star Wars again. Yeah. And um, and really, when it comes to how much content is coming out, and now at this point, the quality of content that we're getting on a pretty regular basis, this is peak Star Wars, where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Not that it's the best ever. I'm not saying that stuff coming out right now is better than A New Hope or Empire, yeah. but every week we are getting a fantastic episode of The Mandalorian, yeah. and we're getting I Boba mean, Fett getting is him. back, and yeah. we're getting you know Baby Yoda. What's that going on? We're gonna get we're getting live action Mandalorians. We saw a Mandalorian's heads up display last season. Yeah. We saw a, a whole tribe of Mandalorians rise up against other bounty hunters last season. We saw uh, you know we saw Moff Gideon wielding the dark saber. Last season, we saw Boba Fett again. Yeah, we saw prototype ties. We saw little stuff like um, using the cartridges on a, an ankle belt, just like little stuff yeah. that you did with your toys or that you read in books that we never thought we were going to get on screen. Mm-hmm. If I would have told you five years ago, hey, in five years they're going to do a show and it's going to be pretty much as good as a movie, and there's going to be a giant mountain-sized crate dragon. Yeah, buckle up. Yeah, or I mean, we're getting an Obi One series coming up. We're getting an Obi-Wan series. Really consistent novelizations. We're getting celebration things that just honestly could never have been done unless an entity as large as Disney had exactly. acquired Star Wars. And we're getting stuff like there's things happening now that before you'd hear a rumor, you would be like, oh, God, I wish that would happen. Mm-hmm. And those things are happening. Like you're, we're, we're, there's a 90-something percent chance, if not 100% chance, based on you know other leakage around the globe. There's a very high percentage chance that we're going to see – Ahsoka Tano in -hmm. live action. There's a 100% chance that we've seen Boba Fett back on live screen post-Return of the Jedi. Um, I heard today that next week they start filming on a mini series, a Boba Fett based mini series. Mm -hmm. So like what we're getting for Kenobi where it's, you know, four parts an hour each. And the thing is, a lot of people I've, I don't know how many a lot is, but I've seen a handful of complaints about the resurrection of Boba Fett. Yeah, get the freak out of here with that crap. Well, let me be a little bit more gentle about it. Nope. I'm going to be. I hate you. Here's the thing. Why be upset about it? You know what I mean? I don't understand. What's the complaint? They just want characters to stay dead, I guess. It's a similar complaint to what I have with the Rebels, but you know what I mean? At the end Mm -hmm. of the day, it's already happened. Mm -hmm. Um, It's part of the greatest Star Wars show we've ever had. Yep. And just enjoy what you're going to get out of it. You know what I mean? Just... 
we're going to get to see some cool stuff. Boba Fett is a cool character. Love him or hate him, he's a cool character. He's a fan favorite. Always has been. Always will be. Mm-hmm. And I have high expectations for what they're going to do with that character. Yeah, and also, it's it's a little bit of a nod. It's funny because those same people are like, well, Legends is my canon. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what, buddy? In a little book called The Mandalorian Armor, he survives. Yeah. Uh, and also, it's crazy because George Lucas himself said, in my mind, Boba Fett survives the Sarlacc, but... I knew that he was so intense of a character and such a fan favorite right off the bat that if I pan back to Tatooine and, and show him crawling out, it will rob people of the rest of The Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi. Um, so imagine J.J. Abrams says, man, I wish I could have had Luke more in Episode 7, but he was right. just going to take over the movie. That's what George Lucas thought about Boba Fett. Yeah. Okay? Uh, so I get the whole, like, I wish he would stay dead. The thing is, he it's, didn't He didn't. It's die. a similar complaint to um, them saying that Sheev should have stayed dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, Sheev should have stayed dead is a more valid argument than Boba Fett should have stayed dead because Boba Fett's, you know, not that he actually died, but his going into the Sarlacc wasn't, you know, fulfilling this huge on, of a prophecy yeah, and Darth galaxy. Vader's whole life and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, little things like that, seeing Ahsoka uh, and Rex's storyline come to a close in Rebels, how mm-hmm. did she survive? How did he survive? What's with the inhibitor chips? What happens with Darth Maul? Yeah. Um, and man, there's still so much to unpack between Clone Wars and Solo for Maul. Mm-hmm. How does he keep control of the of the uh, Black Sun? Uh, Black Sun, but he's in charge of a Crimson Dawn is mm-hmm. like his main name or whatever. Um, we're getting a, a Kenobi miniseries, and it's cool because now with Disney Plus. It's, man, we were going to get a movie, which I understand the thrill of you go see a movie in theaters, mm-hmm. but as far as the qu- the quality is already there. Yeah, the quality that we're getting get with Mandalorian, and we're going to get more. So imagine, same quality, yeah, it's basically more quantity. A, a trilogy almost. Yeah. You're getting, we're going to end up getting, you know, four hours or so of Kenobi content, mm-hmm. which is more than we would get from a standalone. And they wouldn't make a trilogy just about Kenobi, and yeah. a duology doesn't make sense. So we're getting more content than we ever would have gotten, yeah. and it allows for more cool things to happen, like we've seen in The Mandalorian, where you don't limit it to one movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, Kenobi happening, crate Dragons happening, uh, interacting with something like Jawas and Tuscans at a level we never had before. Yeah. Stuff like that to a super fan like me is like, this is Christmas. Yeah. It's Christmas every week from Star Wars. And uh, things like Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. a Star Wars theme park. We never thought we were going to get that. Yeah. You know? Uh, so <clears throat> I know that there are complaints. I know that, you know, why why do they go to Canto Bight if DJ doesn't even help them? Why why take that much time? Why don't we talk about the Knights of Ren in The, in the Last Jedi so we don't have to rush them? I get that there's complaints. Yeah. And there's always going to be complaints. But I want you guys to know that some of the cream of the crop deepest and best star wars content has come in the last five years of content from disney and it's time that we are okay with that yeah and it does here's the thing guys it doesn't lessen that you like the original trilogy it doesn't lessen that you want to read legends books you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um sometimes if i can't sleep and and there's too much on my mind or whatever an audiobook help me fall asleep and I'm gonna. I have reread or re-listened to the Legacy of the Force series that's not canon anymore, probably six times. Because mm-hmm. I'm just all right. I'm just gonna put this on for 50 minutes and pass out. I still get to enjoy those stories. One does not negate the other. Neither of them are real. And so, 
It's just a beautiful, you know, I get to have the Mandalorian and I get still to read the Legends books about Boba Fett, which shows the Boba Fett's by far the better character. I'm just kidding. Uh, but the moral of the story is just love Star Wars. You love Star just Wars. Just enjoy Star Wars. And thank God that we get new stuff yeah. all the time and it's getting better and better in quality. Yeah. And we're in great hands for the future of Star Wars. Absolutely. And if we get a new trilogy soon, um, 2022, 24, 26. Um, Fingers crossed for you Old know, Republic. Hoping for Old Republic, hoping for Bane Trilogy, something like that. That'd be sick. Um, but if they don't, and they want to do Far Future, or they want to do Old Republic, but it has nothing to do with characters that we know, mm-hmm. I trust and I hope that even if there's things that I don't like, there's going to be a lot of things that I do like. Yeah. And there's going to be new books, and there's going to be new video games, there's going to be new action figures, there's going to be new t-shirts and posters and all this other stuff that we never would have had. And so I think that we we live in such a negative culture where negativity sells. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's time to... to Star Wars is a reprieve from everyday life. Yep. Don't, you know, don't ruin it. Anyway. So it's been a great episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. um, And we will catch you guys next week. May the Force be with you. And remember, thanks to Disney, the only family you have here is me. We'll see you guys next week.